This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. My golly, in the piney woods of north central Florida. On a brisk little morning, 48 degrees right now. And um, we're in the Mellon Law Studio. Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Fighting Gators. And we're protected 24 7, 365 by crime prevention. And we're sponsored by On the Spot Cleaners, Poser MD. Uh, let's see, as they scroll by here, I don't want to miss anybody. Um, I want to give a shout out to um, Judy Ocasio at All State Insurance. Plus. You need to realize some things that I've neglected to say. Um, she has been here 36 years, and she provides auto, home, and life, and retirement. All that packaged up. She's born and raised in Gainesville. She's at 4056 Newberry Road, just east of 43rd Street, 352-335-2505. And, of course, um, Caliber Coffee, calibercoffeecompany.com. Use the code Ward 15 for 15% off. Just ordered a lot of decaf and as well as calf yesterday from uh, calibercoffee.company.com. So you want to be there, all right, uh, sampling what I've got here in my Gator Cup. Uh, well, 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 we're waiting on Ted Yoho to, we really don't know where he is, right, except he's in D.C. He texted me last night and said, uh, you know how Ted is. He'll, you know, if he can get to a place to hook up, he'll hook up. Uh, no doubt, there's a lot going on in D.C. today, and that's why I really hope that uh, Ted can join us because he's involved with him, and uh, he has let the cat out of the bag of what his plans are for 2028 here on the Ward Scott Files. So, if you're one of the students that's early to class, you already kind of know what he's got up his sleeve and what he's planning to do. Um, which is really, I know Ted, he plans and acts accordingly. So we are sub to be tagged on any moment, hopefully, by Ted. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay, he just, uh, we just got the production. He's communicated with production. He's just gotten off the plane. And so he'll be joining us soon. Well, that is wonderful. Um, let me just say a couple of things about D.C. while we're waiting on Ted. I watched this hearing the other day, and now uh, Washington Examiner has written about it. There he is. He's walking. There he goes. Hey, man. I can see him. I can't hear him yet. <clears throat> well, we can see you walking. I am walking. I don't know if I can chew bubble gum, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you looking for a, a place here. to settle? Huh? I just got into DC. Yeah, we know. We just got a communication from Zach. Yeah. I assume I'm going to find can... a place to sit down, so go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about uh, DC cops while you're looking. Hopefully, you won't run into anything there. Because, uh, uh, you know, the, they had a hearing the other day on the situation there, and uh, there's a critical shortage of officers in DC. There sure officer, are. Three to 400 officers over That's the past right. three to four years. And, um, you know, they're blaming everybody and his brother for it. Um, but it boils down to really soft on crime again. And, of course, they blamed it over on COVID. And they said, well, this and that one another. But um, they're trying to attract new officers and even offering a $20,000 signing bonus, a housing, housing stipend, a tuition reimbursement. And despite all this, uh, Ted, recruiting numbers remain unstable. Um, of course, uh, left-wing policies uh, are right there at the root of the decline of peace for, uh, police forces all across the country. Right. Um, they've been arguing this focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion programs has harmed the integrity of the institutions. So that's one of the things that's going on on the streets there. You talked about it the last time you were in D.C. So um, right. it's uh, um, that is a problem up here. You know, everything is focusing on that. And uh, that's one of the big reasons they can't get the, the work. You know, the whole attitude with the defund, the police and, and things like that has really, really uh, stifled their hiring abilities. I'm going to turn my camera off so I'm not distracting you. I'm looking for something. Okay. So my, my audio will be on. Okay. Tell me when you want to start uh, participating. They already think you clean up nice, so maybe you ought to keep that camera on. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Yoho in the D.C. airport just landed. Has settled in, got a place here to start talking and uh, you students say he cleans up nice. Well, uh, Ted is uh, more reliable than climate change. I mean, um, no matter where he is, he tunes in. I really appreciate that. And I know y'all do too. Hello, Matt Cannon. Nice to see you. Ray Stern, Ken Hilliard. And um, Ted is getting situated now in someplace right there in the hallway of the uh, Ronald Reagan Airport. I'm sort of deferring to his uh, settling in there. I don't want to start a story. Uh, we started off talking about the D.C. police and how they've been undermined by diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, three to 400 down, um, all kinds of enticements don't seem to be working. That whole appeasement attitude toward bad behavior, kind of an international theme right now, if you know what I mean. And if you don't, we'll talk about it. I'm Ted Yoho. He's on the bench. He's going to be tuning in in a minute. 
How you doing? I'm deferring to Ted, so I can't see him right now. You can't either. You can see me, of course, and uh, in a moment you can see the place where he's going to be. Uh, We were talking about the deficiency in adequate police protection in D.C., and it's really a theme all across the country. The appeasement method of dealing with the bad guys does not work. And somehow, some way, that has worked it into, to be quite frank, the Hamas situation. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, too. Ted, how you doing? You there? Uh, he's still settling in, I think. Um, the situation of appeasement is um, really internationally focused now, of course, in the situation we have in the Gaza Strip. Elliot Kaufman has written a piece called Peace, Deterrence, and Other Gods That Failed. And if you go back, really, to Jimmy Carter. And I'm old enough that I remember this very, very well. You go back to Jimmy Carter. Playing softball when Iran had its revolution. It gave, even gave rise to Ross Perot, and a third-party candidate, who went in and got his people out when... Carter could not get the hostages out. Because Carter couldn't get them out, that led to ABC, Ted Koppel. And that went on, I think, for 180 days. Maybe I got it mixed up with the number of hostages. But it went on for a long, long time. And it really led to a pendulum swing over to the conservative philosophy. Followed not long after, of course, by Ronald Reagan, who had an entirely different approach. And his approach was, well, they were a little worried about Ronald Reagan. They'd seen him in cowboy Western movies. And they knew those cowboy Western movies were really pretty close to who Ronald Reagan was as president of the United States. He wouldn't hesitate to tell you what he thought and he wouldn't hesitate today to settle down there now. He told Gorbachev, tear down the wall. Couldn't believe it. And guess what? Gorbachev tore down the wall. We don't have that. We sort of had it with Trump. But you know what? I have to be kind of skeptical about Biden. I was asked last night what I thought about Biden's trip. I hate to say this, but can it be, I hope not, that Biden is using the Middle East to portray himself as a Ronald Reagan type in time for the election? And therefore using Israelis as pawns? I hope not. But boy, it sure comes to mind. Ted, how you doing? 
I see him focusing the camera. Oh, I see he's working on his computer. So the Israelis actually learned to live with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. And to live with them side by side, it took defensive measures, blockades to keep weapons out, missile defense system to shoot down their cheap rockets. And when these rockets got out of hand, so writes Kaufman, uh, brief campaigns of targeted strikes to quiet Hamas down. But Hamas never had to worry, and this is Kaufman's point, about Israel, the Israelis wiping them out. And therein lies the problem. Appeasement. The lights just went on, Ted. You ready to go? Apologize to keep checking with him because I see him setting up his equipment. He is in the lobby of the Ronald Reagan Airport. And we're talking about Ronald Reagan. There you are, sir. We see you. Now, to force Hamas out of the Gaza Strip, Israel might have to get rid of Gaza. Okay, good. And what I'm talking about, Ted, is an article by Elliot Kaufman in the Wall Street Journal, you may have seen, that says, peace, deterrence, and other gods that failed. And what we're talking about is going all the way back to Jimmy Carter. His failure to deal authoritatively, so we say, with Iran. And that appeasement back then historically really leads to all a lot of the complications we're in now. And in Kaufman's article, he's talking about Israel sort of made the same mistake. They let Hamas coexist with them side by side in the Gaza Strip rather than go in and govern Gaza itself. I know you're in D.C. there. I don't know what all you'd be talking about today, but that's what I was talking about while you were getting ready to hook up. No, um, no, I think you're right. Um, you know, Jimmy Carter wrote a uh, pretty fascinating book. It's called The Blood of Abraham <clears throat> that goes through the conflicts from, you know, biblical times. And this is uh, something that has not been able to be resolved for thousands of years. And uh, as you brought up, the things that have been allowed to happen, you know, Iran getting stronger, the appeasement that we've had through this administration and through the Obama administration has strengthened the hand of Iran and the Ayatollahs. Um, and when our, our role should not be the policemen around the world, but yet our leadership role should be that which people can rely on. They know when we say something, we mean it. We don't draw arbitrary red lines and then our invisible red lines. And when we show weakness, these are the kinds of things that happen. Um, you want to rule, and I think it goes back to Theodore Roosevelt and uh, Ronald Reagan, peace through strength, and walk softly but carry a big stick. And you'll have to be able to use that periodically, hopefully for national security only. Um, but again, this goes back to foreign policy. When you have weak or confusing foreign policy, 
you get these kind of things. You get Putin going into Ukraine. You get what's going on with Iran and the Palestinians. You get what's going to happen with China, uh, hopefully not Taiwan, but it's imminent. I mean, it's pretty much right there. And then the thing that scares me is what does that commit America to? Well, we've already got two aircraft carriers, one over there, and another one is on its way. And now they're talking about sending 2,000 U.S. troops over there. So you can see how by just poor policy, we get drug into this a war, and let's hope it's not. Um, um, Iran has said that they had nothing to do with it, although they applaud everything. We know they've been training Hamas, and they train and uh, provide Hezbollah with their armament and training. Um, This is something that if Israel goes after uh, the Gaza Strip at Hamas, Hezbollah says they're going to come in from the north. Now you've got two fronts going on there. And I don't know where in the heck Janet Yellen has any credibility in saying, oh, the, the United States can fight wars on two different fronts. Um, you know, she needs to be, that, the whole Obama-Biden administration they just need to go away. They're not good for America. And I think the last three and a half years have showed that pretty resoundingly. Uh, it's time that we get some leaders. And I'm up here in D.C. And they still haven't picked a, a majority leader that I know of. You know, I've been on the plane. Um, but they need to get somebody outside of the, the right wing and somebody out of the establishment. They need to get somebody that can form a, a group together and then really start focusing on the problems of America. We've got less than a year left to show that we can lead. Um, and that's a scary thing because if we don't lead again, you're seeing what's going on. You've already had your name floated here in the chat box. (laughs) (laughs) I've offered it. I've offered it said I'd be available for nomination and, uh, I will serve. Good. Good. Well, let's see what we got here in the chat line. Uh, Well, Lloyd Bailey, you know, he's uh, one of the more conservative fellows here that watches the show. Um, Lloyd is a great, great constitutionalist and uh, helped me out a lot with the, the whole group, um, the John Birch Society and the people that they're associated with. Well, he wants to know that where in the Constitution does it require the United States to defend Israel? Of course, there's nothing it, in the Constitution that says that. You unfortunately, know, but- it, it not unfortunately, but it doesn't. He's absolutely right. Um and that's, you know, it's kind of like Ukraine. Where's to say we should do that? And, you know, NATO was formed. And I know Lloyd will say it was unconstitutional. And he's probably absolutely right. But it was something that this country entered into. There's so many things we've entered into over the last 240 some years that were unconstitutional. And um, how do you get out of it? Do you just take a hatchet to it and get out of it? Or do you start through attrition? eliminating these things. And one of my big pet peeves, and you've heard me talk about this a lot, is the USDA. So many of those things are unconstitutional, and I think there should be a devolution from the federal government back to the states. And I think on foreign policy, the same thing should be had. Our number one task for this government is strong national security, provide for the national security of the homeland. And uh, we're not doing that. Um, And I, I think, you know, I really appreciate what Lloyd says. But when you're right in the middle of a fire, I don't want to argue whose fault it was or what we shouldn't have done. I want to get out of the fire 
And then let's do those preventive things so we don't get drawn back into that. Um, um, you know, and that's the problem when you get 200 years away from um, the founding of this country. And, and really, the unconstitutional thing started the day they signed the, the Constitution in 1789 and, and ratified it. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is just an accumulation. But that being said, there has to be a way to go back to, to a lot of the basics. And, uh, you know, it, I remember talking to Lloyd uh, when Obama was in there, and he said that he hopes Obama wins the second time because Americans aren't under enough pain to really force the change. And at the time, I was a little taken back, but I think he's right. You know, look at the nonsense going on today. There has to be, unfortunately, a wake-up call, and I hope it's not a crisis or a 9-11 or something. It's probably going to be the collapse of the dollar or, you know, something like that that is really going to change the direction of this country. And that direction, I hope, goes back to the basics. Well, my problem with um, we need to stop writing the checks for everybody. And that would be one way to pull back from it. We support well, yeah, and, and, and Yellen is saying, oh, we got the money to fund both fun- fronts and then throw in Ukraine and then, you know, let's give uh, all the illegals, you know, housing, food, you know, supplements. And now they're going to, I don't know if it's true, but I've seen that thing floated on the Internet that the administration, uh, Justice Department said banks can't deny a loan application for somebody here illegally. <laughs> and if that's true, what have we come to? I mean, that's going to collapse the banking system. And then we, the American people, we, the people are supposed to bail them out via our taxes. I don't think so. Well, I wish we'd stop writing the checks. I'm about ready to kick United Nations out of New York, and which won't happen, I know. It's yeah, put them in a country where they need them. Yeah. And uh, there, Trump was right about all that. But, of course, as soon as he said that, he ran – into the fan uh, of the deep state, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know, they're after him now. I mean, it's amazing. How that really he, is a proxy of the deep state. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much money and time and energy is being wasted on trying to just nail his pelt to the wall. It's, uh, it sure is. Absolutely. Ten times worse than the so-called January 6th um, outfit. That's my humble opinion. No, I'm never wrong. Talking with Ted. I never, never. Never, never. Talking with Ted Yoho. He is in the Ronald Reagan Airport en route to maybe hopefully being the speaker, the new speaker. Well, I don't want to start anything, but uh, <laughs> none of us would object to that. Let's talk about that for a I'll moment. Check, I'll, I'll check my messages and I don't see it here. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, it's in the chat box here. What, um, what are, what is, can you got uh, any kind of, um, Comment about they're going to circle back and try it again? Yeah, um, I'll find out more today uh, when I get to some of these meetings to find out what's going on. Uh, Again, I think they need to take uh, somebody outside of the Freedom Caucus realm because the establishment despises them. And you can tell by the people voting. And then, you know, you can't put an establishment person that's been in leadership like your Scalise or... You know, somebody like that or Tom Emmer, they just they won't make it. Sorry about that. Um, and so I would nominate Kevin Hearn out of Oklahoma. 
French Hill out of Arkansas, uh, Elise Stefanik out of New York, or Mike Johnson out of Louisiana. And I think you would get both sides. It, I think it would be enough of a shock to them, like, well, wait a minute, where's the far right or where's the establishment? And uh, these people are more establishment oriented. But I think it would be new blood coming in there that people could rally around. And I think that's what they need to do. And I think it's paramount that they do it sooner than later. Um, again, we need to go ahead and we need to get the um, the appropriations done. We need to get beyond the CR. And then they need to focus on getting our debt under control and then dealing with China, figure out our policy that we're going to have. And they need to get, you know, one of my things that we tried the whole time I was up here is to get rid of the AUMF, the authorization for use of military force. That was, there's two of them. One was started, I think, in 2002, and the other one was maybe 2006. That gave the president uh, the authority to go after anybody that was deemed a terrorist anywhere in the world, any country. And um, that has opened up us being in perpetual wars. That needs to go away. And it's funny because when uh, Syria came up, it was going to be a, uh, we were going to go in there. John Kerry and the Obama administration wanted to go in there. We stopped that. We had a conference with Republicans and Democrats. And it was amazing because somebody like Alan Grayson and I were aligned. And Alan got up and stalked and says, only the U.S. Congress has the right to declare war. Uh, or give the authority to, to have war, you know, the president can do it in um, uh, 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 a national security um, issue, you know, if we were attacked. But Congress is the one that authorizes that. And we all stood together and prevented Obama from going in there. If not, we would have had another war in the Middle East. And it would have been a democratic war in the Middle East. And now look at us now. Biden is leading us into this direction. Yeah, I was saying when you were hooking up, I hope he's not using the war to further his image for the election. He's not. Somebody is using him for the end results, and that's the destruction of America. I, I mean, hear you. okay. Keep, keep in mind your, what I, is I, going I, on. This yeah, is, I see your logic. This I see is something. Hear me about that. I, I hear your logic. Yeah. I hear me about that. Yeah, let me listen to that. I hear that. Explain that. Well, you know, keep in mind, you know, we, we have a tendency to focus on the now, what's going on in front of us. It's a distraction. Keep in mind the fundamental transformation, the Obamanization of America. This is part of it. I mean, with Janet Yellen saying, you know, go back to before they did the, the debt ceiling and the CR. We're going to collapse. We're financially insolvent. We can't do this. Now she's saying, oh, we can fund two wars. No, we can't. We cannot. This is just sophistry at its at its uh, uh, at its best. And uh, I haven't used that word in a while. Um, no, I'm but, surprised. Yes. I got to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, this is what they're doing. So yeah, this is a distraction, and it's not a distraction to the people in Israel or Palestine. Um, but from a foreign policy or a governing standpoint. This is just something else, and then there'll be something else. Um, and then in the meantime, our ship is sinking. And, um, you know, it's a sad day that I've got the Republicans have a slim majority, 
and they can't get their act together to get a speaker. Um, you know, it's, it's a crying shame. And then you have to consider the, what that projects to the rest of the world. America's best days are behind them, and I refuse to accept that. Going to Ted Yoho, who is in the Ronald Reagan Airport, en route to meetings and meetings, I'm sure, but always stops to talk with you all, the students, looking in our chat line here. Anything you want to ask us, uh, we'll pass it along. The um, Someone jokes that your picture is being shown in the sky over D.C. <laughs> 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 Plantation Mark. I think Plantation Mark might have a cold beer before the morning starts. I don't know. Anyway, um, it was after break. 12, I might join them. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, I got rules. Well, yeah, by golly, we all need them or we'll be out of the, we'll be off the lane here. It's bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break for Ward's weather brought to us by Lewis Oil and we'll be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Stations, and Fossil Fuel. 
always fill up with Chevron. Well, well, well. Nippy little change in weather here in the piney woods of north central Florida, which we welcome. It won't get too warm today, maybe 77. It's in the 40s now. But we do have a tropical storm, a cluster of showers and thunderstorms in the central Atlantic, which uh, could soon become the next named tropical system in the Atlantic Basin. Um, Right now, a tropical wave designated as Invest 94L will continue to shift westward across the central Atlantic and is expected to become more organized throughout the week. So the weather experts are giving this wave a high chance of developing into a tropical system between October 18 and October 20. So keep up the vigilance on this. It will be named Tammy. It will become the 19th named storm of the season. After Tammy, only two names will remain on the seasonal list, and then an alternate list of names will be selected should they be needed. So there you are. It is um, possible that we'll have yet another tropical storm come our way. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Ted Yoho, who is en route to a an Uber. And he's going to be discussing, here he is, uh, his viewpoint with us, sharing it with us from the Uber. And um, he's in D.C. Uh, some of you have already said, hey, Ted, we hope you're there to ask to be the speaker. He says he's volunteered for service. So wouldn't that be something? But um, we are going to be discussing that with Ted, no doubt, when he gets back he uh, with us. He's there. He's got his, his equipment hooked up. He just had to walk uh, from the airport to an Uber, which is the way everybody get, pretty much gets around in D.C. Um, John Doles has a question here. We'll ask Ted, John, when he comes back on. I understand your question. What can you tell us about the group on K Street? Um, <clears throat> and anybody else got anything in the chat line you want to ask? We'll certainly try to pass that along. Um, hey, Ted. Go ahead. Go ahead and ask. Hey. Got a question here from a viewer. What can you tell us about sure. the group on K Street? <laughs> the groups on which group? I mean, there, there's a bunch of them. Well, um, I didn't say which one. There, there's some that are okay. Uh, most of them, I mean, they're, they're buying influence is what they do. And I prided myself in, you know, we got money from the agriculture sector primarily, um, but very little out of K Street. Uh, you know, if you look at my, my, my record, the majority of it came from individual donors, and I was real happy about that. I was real proud of that. Um, you know, there, again, there are some that are there that do a good job. And I'm going to put this down and turn that up. I don't want to miss my Uber. Right. Um, and I, I think it's buyer beware is what it is. You know, I can honestly say I had one guy that tried to influence with me and offered actually two people. And I told him, don't ever, don't ever come to my office again. <laughs> 
So what else? Is there another question? Oh, that's the only one right now. Um, yeah. That I see came up. You know, I, I remember the Gainesville Sun said I, I defended the lobbyists. And I did. I remember it was at a town hall meeting. And it was like, who here drives a car? Or who, who smokes cigarettes? How many times have you ever been up to Washington to talk to your representative or gone to a town hall meeting? And most people are busy and they don't go. So your money goes into a lobbying organization that will go there and argue things that are important, especially when you have a heavy hand of the government coming after you. That's where they're really important. And I viewed them more as keeping government in check. Good, good example is Waters of the United States where the federal government wanted to take over. And this was under Obama and it's still going on under uh, Biden that they wanted to control any navigable water and any navigable water was any water that was standing on property. And you could have historical dried up riverbeds or streams, but if it rains, especially in Florida, it just, you know, it becomes a navigable water. Um, I'm going to turn off my camera because I don't want to be disruptive to you. And I got to get in an Uber. Okay. Good explanation going on there. Ted's going to be talking to us from an Uber. And you're, you're going to get your full uh, Ted Yoho during our show today. And that's something. Yes. Uh, thank you for the question there uh, from John Doles. Um, the, I guess the influencers is a new word I've learned. What is an influencer? Well, it's somebody who tries to get something done on their behalf, I suppose. And individuals usually don't have that kind of clout. Um, the, it takes an organization to, to, to get to the people. But Ted was always successful. When I went to D.C. Uh, to see him, I could go right in the office. And uh, then we went to supper afterwards. So I always felt, man, you know, why can't all the politicians be this way? And he offered to take me around uh, – Anywhere I wanted to go in D.C. and take a look at whatever was there. Um, it is a, our place. You know, we do own it, if you will. But then we uh, have these people as our proxy to take care of us. Uh, while I got a little time here waiting on Ted hook up again, I'll pass along that the former Miss Israel is calling out Black Lives Matter for its response to the recent Hamas terror attacks on Israel. Uh, she is shocked by the response of Black Lives Matter regarding the terror attacks in Israel. Uh, she re- she says to Black Lives Matter, I remember you screaming in the streets, I can't breathe, directly addressing Black Lives Matter. Then she continued, I want to inform you right now, it's the Israelis who cannot breathe. So I want to inform you that right now there are Israeli hostages in Gaza. She continued. Uh, Babies, children, mothers, women, entire families who cannot breathe. They were kidnapped, raped by the terror organization Hamas. Do you think killing is enough for them? They attacked people at a party near the Gaza Strip. Just talking, Ted, here a little bit about what former Miss Israel said to Black Lives Matter about their taking up for the Hamas terror attacks. So I can see your... Can't hear you, but I can see you talking. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah. there you go. I was putting that into the uh, classroom record here while waiting on you. Yeah, she was very upset with them. Black Lives Matter siding with Hamas. Well, you know, that, 
that is. I, I heard you, and I agree with that. I mean, it's the duplicity of these organizations. You know, they just it goes back to Rahm Emanuel. Don't let a crisis go by without taking advantage of it. Well, it's pretty doggone. It doesn't surprise me. I'm sorry to say that. Um, disappoints you, of course, but it really doesn't surprise sure. me. It really doesn't surprise me. There's been a kind of double standard all along. There's a double standard now, uh, if you take a look. Oh, yeah, and there'll always be, as long as there's people in the world. Um, there's a big article, which I probably won't get into today, but it has to do with American universities and how they have become, and we've talked about this repeatedly, have become bastions of liberalism and really downright misinformation, if you will. Many times, an ideology that's perpetuated at the expense of critical thinking. Um, uh, no doubt. And, you know, it rolls into the uh, sustainability and equity inclusion and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to a think tank today. Uh, and one of their whole things is um, those, all those things that, you know, came out of wokeism. Oh, really? That'd be interesting. And, um, you know, they do without. So, anyways, um, apparently they haven't picked a speaker yet. <laughs> and uh, there was something else that popped up on my uh, my email as we were talking. And I, I have to go back and see what it was. Well, we'll give you time to do that, for sure. Well, go ahead. Um, Keep talking. I'm... Um, Somebody wants to know what's on your lapel pin. That is my, it's a congressional pin. And um, what number it is. Can you guys read that? No, not quite. I think it's a hundred. I can't see it from here. I think it's okay. 116th Congress is the last one I was in. Okay. Um, that gives me access to the Capitol where I can just walk in and guards wave to you. Oh, do they? That's wonderful. Um, it really is. I mean, it's it's a convenience factor. And, um, you know, it's just, I guess it's a perk of being here. Um, but, but, you know, as you were talking in the very beginning, the amount of uh, Capitol Hill police that they're down um, after the January 6th and just the turmoil up here and the division, you know, the defund the police and all that, they were down five to six hundred Capitol Hill police. And it's interesting that you brought up they're paying a bonus they're going to for to to join the force and that they were going to pay a living stipend. Um, you know, the Coast Guard's doing that also, you know, $75,000 signing bonus to be a cook. And I'm like, well, heck, I can put milk on cereal and make oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I ought to try that. Yeah. And you have to yeah. give them four years. I mean, that's, that's an ama- and that's a sign of the time of how hard it is and what government has done to run people away. Except people that come here illegally at the borders. Right, 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 right. On the we incentivize that. Yep. Uh, checking the chat line here. And uh, Tim Martin says, we greatly appreciate Ted speaking at Black Tie. 
on Thursday. A lot of positive feedback, he says. So, well, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, I just, I just feel that's important that we go out and um, talk that message, and um, I hope to do more of that. And uh, as we've talked about before, gearing up for twenty twenty eight. Absolutely. Well, um, what do we do now? We're writing pretty much Jordan out as he. Got any opportunity to put it together, Ted? I don't want to put you on the spot, but it looks more, less and less like he, he, he has an opportunity. I mean, if they come together and have a heart to heart, I mean, he could. Um, um, but again, I think it would serve the conference, the party, and America better if they brought up one of those people I mentioned. You know, French Hill is a serious business guy. He's a banker. He's a congressman out of Arkansas. I served with him for six years. And he's a smart guy. He's somebody that's on um, the talk shows all the time on uh, all the time on financial matters. Um, um, Kevin Hearn, you know, I've just got a lot of respect for him. He and I weren't close and we didn't sit on any of the same committees, but I watched him and he is a serious businessman. And he's somebody that I think could work through the, the BS up here and the political factions and just say, hey, guys, we got to get together. It's time for a strong leader, a new coach. And I think either one of those could do it. And I think at least Stefanik, and even though I don't think I had more than five minutes conversation with her in the six years that she served with me, um, what I saw out of her was somebody that was very dedicated to the country, very committed, very strong-willed. And I think she could do that. Um, and we're only talking about, um, you know, a year. And, um, you know, after that, they can pick a new leader. But we need somebody now that can bring things together and make things happen. I got an article here and I can't remember. I sort of think you sent it to me from the Chronicles. Um, Gates's rebellion against McCarthy is a rational response to the fiscal emergency. I Did you send that? Yeah, I you? sent you that. Yeah. What are you? OK. I think that came out of the out of the uh, Washington, uh, the, the Wall Street Journal. Um That article goes on and it gives, I think, gives Gates more credit than he deserves in that he said the whole thing was the fiscal irresponsibility, which is something I ran on. And that's why we displaced Boehner. But the swamp people stayed there. The political elites stayed there and the establishment. And, you know, you wind up with somebody like McCarthy. So we're really going backwards in leadership. Um, and I hate to even use that word leadership because there was none. Um, and, and what Matt, they bring out in that article was talking about the unsustainability of our debt. Just a case in point, I think there's $7.5 trillion that need to be refinanced by 2024. I think it is 7.5 trillion. Now, if you can find somebody that will finance this country, the interest rates are going to go up as much as they have gone up, you know, in the private sector. So they're going to go up two or three points. The interest on that debt is already unsustainable, but now go up three or four points on $7.5 trillion. And can you, can you see what's happening? And then it gets to the point where other countries are like, ah, we're not going to, we're not going to put any more money in America. 
In fact, they're, they're divesting from us as far as financial. And then that gives cause for BRICS to take over, you know, uh, Brazil, Russia, Iran, and China, and other countries that have joined that to get off the U.S. dollar. And then, again, that weakens us worldwide. And I don't need to be the world currency, but it sure is. Uh, it, it's, it's helped us out, I think, on a lot of things. It's also indebted us into a lot of things, too, because, you know, you get dealing with Saudi Arabia and Iran and Venezuela and Russia to have oil when we don't need it. We have the resources here, and this is where our form, our, our policies, our American agenda policy should be that we have – I don't – it's all right with me with American first, but we should take the natural resources we have and use them to make this – country secure whether it's energy pharmaceuticals uh pretty much any of that the supply chain on so many things that you go to home depot uh, lowe's anywhere walmart and their retail outlets for um uh, china i even saw that in bass pro shop in fact i talked about that at black time blue jeans yeah well china evidently has um, just looking here at the internet, acted a little aggressively with aircraft following our aircraft. Have you been aware of this? Yep, they sure yep. have. Yep. And it's going to ramp up with this this administration. You're going to see more of that. If you look at the amount of incursions uh, that they have done to Taiwan, there are up, you know multiple folds. You know, going into their ex- exclusive um, um, uh, flying areas that are the delineation of their boundaries. They do it on the sea, but it's not just Taiwan. They're doing it to the Philippines, the Vietnam, the Brunei, um, all these other countries. And they're increasing it and they're stepping it up and they're becoming more hostile. Um, and then if somebody pushes back on them, like Japan did back, um, I think it was 2014 or 15, uh, over fishing rights, Japan says you can't fish in our territory. They wound up ramming one of their fishing boats with their Coast Guard, the Japanese did, and China backed off, but then they turned around and cut off rare earth metals going to Japan for their electronics industry and brought them to their knees. And so Japan backed up, and they've threatened to do that with us. You know, um, And we have, a, we have dropped the ball on those things that make us a secure nation uh, at at the um, altar of um, all these other silly things that they're doing, you know, whether it's transgenderism, uh, wokeism, whatever that is, we should focus on the basics: our debt, China, you know, borders, things like that. Well, we're doing our job here on that, trying to bring people. You are, you know, you're doing a good job, and and it's just getting people engaged, and you know, going back to what Lowell. Lloyd said he, you know, when he, he wanted Obama to win that second term. And I'm like, you gotta be crazy. And and he said, no, he goes, Americans aren't in enough pain. <laughs> well, and uh, Lloyd, you're, you're right. Problem I'm is, he's now. Got, I, I can't stand any more pain. <laughs> problem is, he's still in power. I mean, I, I he had is, discussion, he he's behind the scenes of all of his policies and attitudes, particularly with. Not just appeasement, but engagement and recruitment of Muslims into the country. 
Well, think where his stance is on that. Think where his stance was on Israel. I mean, he he had a arms. He didn't want to do anything to do with them. He wanted to weaken weaken them. Which you know, this is an extension of that. And you know, you've got his um, his uh, uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen promoting two wars. We can fight on two fronts. We shouldn't be fighting anywhere unless somebody's on our soil. And we have we have that through the Mexican cartels. And now all these other people that have come in illegally that uh, we don't know where they came from. I heard the other day there was over 6,000 Chinese that have come in. And, um, you know, the majority of them are uh, military-age males. Well, that was the case with the ones he, Obama was bringing in, um, you know, clandestinely. So, you know, at, uh, we talked about on the show. Yeah. They were all... And- Middle East males. Yeah, and why Congress hasn't acted to um, hold him uh, accountable on that. I, I just don't understand that. You but know they'll I'm, have another hearing. They'll have another hearing, and they'll write a letter, and they'll uh, do a, a condemnation uh, and condemn him, or, um, uh, oh, heck, what do they call um, a resolution. They'll do a resolution, <laughs> which are a waste. It's a waste of time. It has no force of law, and it does nothing other than make noise. This chatter. Got a question here. We need, we need I, think even, I think you even shared a post with me about this. Michelle Obama. Huh? That's a scary thought. Um, that is a scary thought because that, that person would win hands down, I think. You know, you'd get the, the moderate Republicans and a lot of the independents vote for her. And it would be an extension of what's going on now. She'd be a very populist uh, president. And um, you'd have to think, though, you know, if, if you think about it, the policies would be an extension of what he did for the two terms he was here and what biden's doing so do you really want that i mean that's the thing that you would have to get the american voters to think about but you know the media hollywood everybody is going to be supporting her and anybody that doesn't you're racist you're uh anti-feminist oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, sure. the democratic party is anti-feminist <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, sure. you know unless it serves their purpose well i remember you sent me a, a post on that i took a look at it and we have a post here from our... I tell you what, that guy that wrote the book, and I don't remember who wrote the book, but it's a current book of why he says she will be. And um, they said, if you look at Brock, he had two autobiographies before he ran. Um, he was doing the circuit, and he's on the talk shows and very popular, and she's doing the same thing. So, you know, I've had other people said there's no way in hell she'll run. She doesn't want to, but... She doesn't have to. All she has to do is be the figurehead, and they'll continue to do what they're doing. I would say so, yeah. Michael Lucas wants to know about censure. Does that come in any place? Censure. Censure. Censure? Yeah. Um, in in what regards? What respect? Let me say, I think he's probably thinking about, uh, let me go back here. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's just talking about like you you've been censured i've been censured yeah we've been doxxed and yeah i mean and it's something that's going on more i truly believe they ought to bring in sedition to some of these journalists that are putting out all these false narratives that are hurting the country 
Um, and again, if you go back to the, that montage of the, the left media on the COVID shot and the mandates, how they wish you would die if you haven't taken the vaccine, that narrative and Rachel Maddow, I'll never forget. It is a hundred percent effective. If you get the shot, you will not get COVID. And if you don't do this, you're, you're an enemy of the country. And, you know, those kind of things should be stopped and, um, you know, pull their, pull their, their license away to broadcast. Um, I, I don't know what you do, but it, we can't have that kind of disinformation going out and they need to be held accountable. And that's not free speech. That's, that's divisive speech. That's intentional. I'm Ted Yoho, who is uh, in an Uber right now and is headed to um, right. think, think Tank, meeting on wokeism. So, among other things. and is No, it's meeting- not on that. It's on other things. But that I, w- I was reading their profile. And, oh. and, and that's kind of common chatter. Everybody puts that on there so that they fit in, you know, that, that they're not discluding anybody. Oh, I got you. All-inclusive. Yeah. All-inclusive meeting. Right. There you go. We're down at the end here, Ted. We're already checking in. Um, How long is it? Because I'm fixing to get out here. Are you fixing to get out? What's that? How far is it from the? Uh, Yeah, I'm just getting out right now. Okay, well, we're uh, about twenty. All right, buddy. Take care. Sorry for the for the confusion and the jumping around, but we'll see you next week. All right, buddy. It'll be from it'll be from the Georgia mountains. Wow. Okay, good. We've been talking with Ted Yoho in DC. And uh, y'all take care. Thank you, sir. And we'll be checking out now. We're at the end of our program. All y'all have a good day. Warthog Command Center out.